Alright, how you doing, mixed martial arts maniacs? Today's episode is sponsored by the BJJShop.co.uk. If you can't be bothered to just order stuff online like the rest of us, you'll be able to always find the BJJ Shop at some of their pop-up shops, BJJ 24-7, run by Lawrence Dutton, or at Sub 15, run by Sean Matthews. I'm compare at those shows, so come and see me too. Trust me, get your picture with me, I'll make you famous. Hi, this is Mick Tully and you're listening to Mixed Martial Arts. How you doing guys? Guess what I've got on this week's episode of Mixed Martial Arts for the first time ever. Due to popular demand, we're having a catch up with, you, you might remember from the very, very murky past of the history of this show, I might have mentioned he was the first American I met that not only knew sarcasm, Naively, I didn't realise that Minnesota was full of sarcastic bastards, right? Uh, and very, very funny individuals. But I met, he was the first guy I realised who had mastered the art of smart talk and back chat. Dear friend of mine and one of the coolest guys I know, it's the one and only Mr. Christopher Harley. Thanks for having me back. There, that's, now that's a build up, isn't it? Eh? If, there, if there was ever a build up, that was the one. So this is the first. Yeah, this, you gotta stop doing that to me, man. Hey, come on! I'm, I'm people, still, people think I'm good at trapping. He <laughs> is. There's all of the yeah. No, don't believe any of the mythology that Mick is building. About but me. I, I turned up. I turned up this year, and another twelve. Another twelve cycle. Another twelve cycles of the of the sun. Another twelve months have gone past, and there's a little bit more grey in the hair than there was. And at one stage, I thought I was getting beaten up by Sir Peter Ustinov. <laughs> yeah, when we were training. Have you ever seen Logan's Run at the end? You know, when Jenny Agutter's walking around in her underwear, yeah? Michael York's got a haircut like one of the monkeys. Do you remember that one? Uh-huh. Yeah. So you, you, you gave me that intense look again, which killed me. <laughs> and yeah, we, we were trapping yesterday and... It was the last time I did the lap cycle. Was the last time I was. Last time. <laughs> <laughs> that was it. So, what have you been doing since we last spoke? Uh, let's see here. Um, just been traveling around and training a lot. Basically, haven't been home since May, and it's right. September now. Um, I'll be heading home uh, Wednesday, and I'll be home for about five days, and then I go back to traveling a bunch. But and that's that's back back to the Bay Area. Back to the Bay, yeah. Yeah. Um, and. Um, yeah, I've just been traveling, training. I've, I've put together um, a business that is just seminar uh, instruction for martial art. After spending time thinking about what I think I'm good at or what I have to offer in terms of the, the world of martial art and stuff, I mean, there's so much out there. There's so many people that are so much better at basically everything I, I train. Um, but I train so many different things and have different backgrounds with, in other areas as well, like with the tracking and with the acrobatics and, yeah. um, and other stuff that... Uh, I and just hearing people's feedback from going and, and, and training with them, um, I was able to realize, hey, you know, there's kind of a, a I can sort of be a, a drywall guy. I can be like, oh, let me just spackle this over and, and finish <laughs> it out and make this nice and smooth and let's connect these two things that, that people think are different but actually are just part of the same thing. So uh, I've put that together and I've got a website and um, it's almost done. And it's, it's done a, enough to be useful. And it's shameless plug time. It's called uh, Fractal Martial Art. Yes. Dot com. That, you, Don't do martial arts because there's a Brit that already has that. 
Really? Yeah. Which is awesome. As soon as I found out that, there, that someone else had, had, had used it, I was, I was like, great, that's a thing. Good. Yeah, really, that's, I'm not trying to rip the guy no, off. No, no, that's, re- that's reaffirmed my belief I'm on the right track, right? Yeah, I was like, I'm doing cool. that. Someone else is I mean, so, uh, yeah, so I put it together, fractalmartialart.com, and um, it's I'll come to you. And whether you want three hours or you want three days or whatever, um, if I have something that can help your school uh, or help your training group, I'm happy to. Awesome. Happy to I'd highly recommend you. You're you, you're the only guy that I've trained with that makes cheese sour enjoyable. But <laughs> so you, as you always say, I'll lead. I'll, you do nothing, <laughs> nothing. So I just leave my hands out there like a stroke victim, and then you just direct it. So I, it start it's starting to come together. But I think I don't know. You it were, makes you, my head hurt. You after after three reps of, of feeding the energy, you were getting it. You were having it right down. Oh, thank you very I was much. Just, I just couldn't help it. I, I, I was doing what what uh, what's he Flaherty always did, which is you know, he'd, he'd tag you, and then <laughs> he'd say like, "Okay, get out," you know, yes. it, deal with you know, and then you'd eventually figure out how to deal with it, and then you'd figure out how to deal with it sort of as it was happening, and then you'd figure out how oh here it comes, and you deal with it and get it out of the way, and right when you're like ha ha, he'd do the next thing, you know, the counter to the which, counter, which you did to me <laughs> several times yesterday, and so you're like I but I just got but and he just. That's how, that was a big part of how he, he would convey the information, just that, that hands-on. Well you've, well, you've just mentioned him, and I was speaking to, it's funny because after last year, I actually sought out Tim Betcher online and started talking, and you know, as authentic as a friendship on Facebook can be, it's a good one. You know, he's a really, really cool guy. And we were, talk, we were talking about, you know, Sifu Larry and his legacy. And it, it, as the years are going on, uh, and I've tried to help a little bit by making sure that his name's kept out there, but instead of diminishing, people are starting to, he's getting referenced more and more. And, you know, Guru Dan, yesterday, he, he told a wonderful story about him, you know? So, yeah, I know we talked about it once before, but just, you know, give the guys an idea of the level of influence that this guy had on you. The level of influence he had on me, when the, uh, I first encountered Sifu Larry at a, a sparring class, and I didn't know who he was, I, I, I never, I've slowly become a bit of a JKD geek with the history and stuff, but it, it still doesn't interest me all that much. Um, so I had, but it, and then I really had zero uh, background. So I didn't know who he was, I didn't know anything. Just, here's a guy, and I'd seen him a couple times in the sparring class. And then uh, he was teaching his class, and, and I'm looking around the room, and I'm watching people's reaction to this this older guy who, who moves kind of choppy and stiff a little bit, and I can see them discounting in their head, and kind of going, you know, well, all right, you know, and, and I couldn't believe it. I, mean, I had very limited background at that point. I, mean, I still have limited background, but I had very limited background at that point, and I could still tell. Look at I, the guy in front of me. Clearly, what he was showing, he'd done it. Yeah, he'd done it. The number of reps that we could, ever, you know, that the people in that room might have had in terms of training reps, he probably had in real time application reps. Yeah. And right away, I was like, I don't know who this guy is, but I'm coming to this class for sure. Yeah. And and I was absolutely hooked. And, and he uh, very quickly invited me to the to the small group training session um, where you had to you had to join the association to be in the the, the semi private class essentially. Yeah. And uh, so he tricked me into into following an instructorship path with that. Right. Uh, <laughs> one of one of my my two sifus uh, tricked me into instructorships. Really. <laughs> Because I've never, it's never, it's not, it's never been an interest. It's not a thing. I mean, if you had, uh, when I see teachers that I had when I was a little kid and they find out I'm a, that I teach now, that that's what I do. They just laugh. 
They just really? don't. But they don't laugh saying like that's absurd. They're like, of course, of course you are. Because I was a horrible kid. I was a horrible student. Right. Um, so I, I guess it's sort of that whole, I learned a lot about what not to do because I just tested teachers nonstop. And I, t- you know, and so, and I learned to respect really good ones. And yeah. that's why you know, people like Larry stood out to me because there was something there. And next thing I know, I mean, it was just because I was the right size, uh, I could fall. I had an acrobatics background. He didn't know that the first time he threw me, but I, <laughs> but I didn't. But I didn't land on my head on the concrete or smash into the pole. Um, <laughs> that was a fun story too. Uh, and and uh, I guess I had a decent enough pain tolerance or something. And I had this. I had the right schedule. I, yeah. I, I worked for myself as I still do. So I ended up being able to, to travel around with him to you know, when he needed an extra body for when people were coming into town for privates. So I just got lucky with time and right time, right place, uh, and a good fit with him. So we just and there was just something we just clicked. It was it was really easy. Yeah, it was a very easy relationship. There was never you know, the respect was always there. The the but there wasn't a reverence. I didn't he didn't walk on water to me. No no none of my teachers do I really treat that way or think of that way everyone's you know they're just a human who were really good at certain things yes and in the rest of life just like everybody else or maybe still in some you know there's a few folks that they're still better just about everything in terms of being a good person but but even still that's just anyway um but with with larry with sifu uh it was just really easy and and he never asked of me anything that he didn't know i was absolutely capable of whether I knew it or not. Right. And he never put me in a position. It wasn't until years later, until after he died and, and years later, and, and I was getting much more experience teaching martial arts specifically, that I realized, you know, he really understood the, the importance of not putting your students in a bad situation. Right. Not putting them, and I think he had to learn that the hard way. Yeah. I, I think, uh, not intentionally, but I think life circumstances he learned um, you know, there's just some things you don't necessarily ask your students to do. Partly because by not asking, they'll do it anyway. Yeah. Right. Um, but to put them in that situation, to put them in a situation that might ask them to, or put, uh, and I, it, it sounds like a, you know he was asking me to hide bodies or something like that. You know, it wasn't. It was never. It, but just there was a level of respect that was always both ways. Yes. And um, and I think that's something that gets lost a lot in that teacher-student relationship. And he, at least in my case, with my relationship with him. It was very present that the the respect went both ways. I mean, even something as simple as he needed, you know, he he got dropped off at the academy that morning, and he was going to need a ride home. But he didn't ask it in any kind of way or anything like that. That was, you know, hey, you're the student, and it's expected of you. Yeah. You know, he he asked things like, do you have some, you know, are you in a hurry to get somewhere a little bit later? He made sure that it was going to be okay to even ask. You know, he, wow. He'd ask questions that that I go, no, that's fine, and I didn't know that it would be that it could lead somewhere. And then later he's like, you know. The session would be over, and he'd say, "You know, hey, big guy, can I trouble you for a ride back home?" And I'm like, "Absolutely, Stephen, no, you know, no problem." But then I'd be driving. I was like, "Oh, that's why you were asking." <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because yeah. because if it had been at all inconvenient, he wouldn't have asked. He would have found some other way. He would have, you know, he would ask somebody else. Or done something wow. Else. Um, and, and you know, he, he was in a position where yeah, you know, it wouldn't have been a, an abuse of power, but he could, he, he could have played on the obligation. Right, and he and he just didn't. He just didn't. Oh, what a wonderful guy, eh? And so, how did you? How did you get to meet with Sifu Francis? We never, we never talked about how you met. Uh, my first exposure to Sifu Francis was at the Inasano Academy. He, uh, I believe it's 
January, just about every year, he, he comes in. He also goes in for Legends in the summer, which is usually June. Yes. Yeah, um, so he's usually there a couple times a year. But yeah, he, he came in for a seminar and, uh, and through Tifu Larry, I had grown an interest in uh, all things trapping. Good time to throw in a caveat here for the listeners. I love training trapping because I'm not good at it, because it's frustrating for me, because it is the biggest struggle and challenge of all of the other uh, sort of areas and ranges of the art. Yeah. Um, and I may have grown <laughs> a certain comfortability in that uh, in that discomfort. Yeah. Uh, which is which was part of the point, but it's still it's still really I struggle with with it the most. Doesn't mean that I shouldn't maybe struggle with some other yes, stuff. Too, yes, yes. But for some reason, I just don't have that same thing. So, uh, so I was I, I was having some struggle with 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 the trapping range, and and uh, seafood Francis was coming, and so I was like, oh, okay, I'll do this, I'll do this Wing Chun seminar. And he was so high energy and so much fun. And by then, Tim and Tim and I were training partners, and we were having a blast. And uh, good for me. Yeah, he's <laughs> he, he's such a he's such a cool guy. Oh yeah. I, I can't I can't believe it. When I met him, he gave me a copy of Inside Kung Fu, with with, with, oh, with yeah 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 with him on the cover. Yeah, yeah he's such a such a good guy, and yeah, scarily youthful. That's the yeah. You know the the as we talked about before, he just he he yes he's human. Everyone has their things. You know, everyone has times when when they're tested and they struggle and this and that. But I mean, the guy recently had shoulder surgery, and uh, you would never know it to watch right. him move. And it's so much just mindset, and he just and he that's what he that's what he preaches, and that's what he lives. He's just like you know, you are what you think you are, and he refuses to think he's anything but <laughs> but full of life and bigger, <laughs> and yeah. and uh, and he proves it. We'll be back to the interview in a moment, but I just want to say thanks to the BJJShop.co.uk who made today's episode possible. Check them out for all your geese and all your BJJ and MMA gear. In fact, all your martial arts gear. And look out for their pop-up shops at BJJ 24-7 competitions. If you're looking for some really hard-to-find items for your BJJ and your MMA training, go to the bjjshop.co.uk trust me there's some of the best in the business right well what i'm gonna do and it's uh, you're gonna like this we're gonna go over old ground and we're gonna talk about you know the tracking because uh it was one of the things that everybody who listened to the first episode really liked the idea about and it wasn't just a the Jack Bauer shit, hunting people, it was the whole mindset behind it again. And literally, I'm just going to let you go free flow on it because we talked about it last time and the guys, you know, what, you, I, what I want from you is what drew you to it and the lessons that you learned, uh, which are very, very profound in my eyes. Wow, the lessons that I've learned. Um, well, what drew me to it, I, I, uh, I'd been shipped off to boarding school because... I think I already covered it. I wasn't such a great <laughs> I, uh, I was told that I had a problem with authority. My response to that was, I have no problem with authority. You just have to show me one. How old were you at the time? I went to boarding school. I got shipped off when I was 14. Right. Um, yeah, So because I turned 15 my first year. Anyway, uh, so there I am. I'm, I'm on the East Coast from the West Coast. Uh, there are very few of us California kids there. Uh, there was plenty of friction and so forth and I was I was very happily angry at the world and um, I also had a ton of extra time that was heavily structured but nothing much to do 
I hadn't been much of a reader up to that point, but my um, my sister mainly, uh, but my mother and my father uh, also would just sort of recommend or send books. Yeah. And so I started reading, and one of the books, uh, one of the sort of two that most impacted my life at the time, was a book called The Tracker by Tom Brown Jr. Yes. Um, and I read it, and... I think for just about everyone that ever reads the book, or, or even some of the people that might have heard me talking about tracking in the last, uh, the last time I was on this podcast, uh, there's something about it that just a part of your, a part of you wakes up and goes, yeah, that, yeah, that, that, that's, that's been missing. That's a thing. That's you know, because you're a human being, and uh, whether we like it or not, we haven't lived in this, in the environment that we construct most of the time for most of the time that we've been around. Yeah, and there's a wildness in there. There's a you know we're we're animals. We're we're there's nothing special. Um, we're adaptable. We're problem solvers, but we're also meaning makers. And 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 most of that, the first place a meaning maker goes is I matter. I'm important. And it's like yeah, we are, but we're just as important as every other damn thing. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, uh, but yeah, something just woke up, and and I was like, this is you know that's really cool, great stories and everything. And then there was another book called The Search, which is sort of a sequel to it. And my sister sent me that, and um, and I devoured it. And at the back of that was a little blurb about how we had a school. And I was like, I have to do this. It went from this is really cool and inspiring to hold. Wait, I can. There's a place you can go and do the. It's and even with the guy that. Wow. Okay, I'm wrong. You know. Yeah. Um, and I'm 15, and I was the kid in the in the family that was very rarely home for any amount of the summer. I would I, I loved summer camp. I loved going off and doing stuff. I would go to friends' places. I would I was always filling my summer doing stuff and getting away and, and things like that. So uh, contacted the, the tracker school, but they said, "Well, you got to be 18." I was like, "Well, uh, hold on." And uh, and I wrote a letter, and my parents wrote a letter, basically saying, "I really want to do this, and." Uh, and I, and I won't make a fool out of you and I won't misbehave. Yeah. Um, and I got lucky because one of the helpers at the school uh, brought, was going to bring his son to take the class. Um, he had taken the class previously and he was volunteering helping out. And we were about an age di- a year in age different. And so they said, well, actually, it's fine. Um, the school ha- wasn't that big then. And when I took my standard class, there were 30 people which was huge, like double what it normally was. It was massive. Uh, There was a point there where, where, I mean, 160 people could be a standard class. Wow. There was at least one that was close to that size. So that was the start. And I went, I took the standard class. Um, I walked up to to Tom Brown at the end of it and and put my hand out to shake it and looked him in the eye and said, thank you, sir. It was the very first time I ever called an adult sir and meant it. And he just looked at me and said, thank me by doing it. And, uh, and walked off into his house and just like, and so I've just been doing it. Yeah. And I, I, it's, it's really all, all of us are actually doing anyway. Yeah. To be quite honest. I mean, everyone who's dancers are like, oh, it's all just dance. And, and you know, chefs, it's like, well, it's all about what we eat. And I guess for me, you know, everything's tracking. Except, except I'm right. And everything really is just tracking. <laughs> because before there was dancing, before there was cooking, there, there was tracking. If you can explain, especially to the guys in the UK, what that what would that class entail? The standard class is is a a full it's a week long seminar uh, that goes from about seven in the morning when you you know you get up about seven 
and meals are provided and everything throughout the day, but you basically go until 11, 12 at night at least, and it's, it's tracking, uh, wilderness survival, um, just all of the absolute basics, uh, awareness, uh, particularly sort of for wilderness environment. Imagine going to, to a week-long phase one, Yes. With, with basically Rick just going, here is all of phase one, giving you a dabble of everything, every single piece, and then going, now just go and do that for the rest of your life. Yeah. And you'll get better, you'll get you know, more advanced as, as that goes along by just work these basics, work these basics. So that's essentially what the standard class is. The standard is everything at the core that you absolutely need to know um, with all of the deeper lessons involved just waiting to be unpacked as you as you practice as you do it but you know it, it is funny because these are skills that obviously were very important otherwise we wouldn't be here and that they've basically atrophied in what we, what would you say in the last hundred years no I mean it they've just shifted the specifics of the skills the specifics of fire by friction uh, the specifics of tracking for the purpose of finding game and or anything to eat or yeah but that, that, that's not going to Starbucks and it's, getting a donut isn't it right it just looks different and and it's kind of like what we were working with yesterday with, with Brewer Dan um, you know the, the form isn't the important part it's not the technique it's not the thing it's what's behind it and driving it so the thing that's behind it driving it is still there and it's still doing it it just looks very very different however also unfortunately because it's there and it's driving it doesn't necessarily have as close of a connection to to the survive or even thrive aspect of life you know it's not as close to the, the penalty system say yeah. of conservation of energy and that kind of stuff uh it it can end up looking really weird and 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 i think being a little bit unhealthy you know it's the a selfie culture and that kind of stuff <laughs> you know, it's, the, it's the same program it's just running with different different data so it, it, it comes out with funky, weird, wonky numbers, I guess. Yeah, it, but just when you were saying that, the survive and thrive is something that I've, yeah, I've pondered for a long time because, it, it, yeah, I want to thrive in life. Um, most people, it's the shift now, which is I'll do what I need to do to get by, and you're like, oh, man, this kills me. I'm going to get... Well, and, and that's yeah. a thing. I mean, that's a, that's a... I was fortunate enough to have two friends who... Um, we're both working on completely independently uh, movies about cancer and and their experiences with cancer. And one was someone who had gotten sick and gotten better, and the other, um, her sister, had gotten sick and died. They both ended up coming to the exact same conclusion and getting the same lesson from the experience, but com- from completely opposite ends. The one who had survived realized that that's what she did. She survived. Yeah. And it took her a long time before she actually started to live again. Right. Is the way she put it. You know, was it sort of the process of starting to make the movie that she was making. Whereas the the sister, um, yeah, she did. You know, she did die, but her final couple of years, boy, did she live. Yeah. And having that exposure at the same time and, and hearing those things really taught me a lot about that survival is one thing, but thriving is is another, and that. Uh, Living in a survival mode is a very stressful place to be, and uh, not terribly healthy. And yeah. but living in a thrive mode 
If it's you, really what everyone points at when they go, wow, I want to be like that. Yeah, you see, just as you're saying that, it's like living in a thrive mode and a constraint. It's, it's the whole, you've got six months to live, right? You will do everything that you always wanted to do. I remember I actually had a bit of a difference of opinion with someone once. It was over Patrick Swayze. When he found out he got cancer and, you know, it was the whole, oh, yeah, it's obviously cigarettes that's got him here. And he's still smoking, he's still drinking, and he was bloated from all the drugs, and he just didn't look like Patrick Swayze. And there was a picture of him coming out of like a... You know, How dare he? How dare he not like, look I like mean, himself? That makes all of us very uncomfortable that he doesn't look like the thing that we want him to look like yeah. while he's dealing with his because that Because that makes us comfortable. Exactly. We don't want change. Yeah. Uh, but he came out, and I, I actually said, you know, go him. Yeah, he, he's like, right, I've got three, three to six months now what am I going to do? Am I going to yeah, go on some tofu-based fucking diet and maybe get 12 months if I'm lucky or just pull a handbrake turn and skid into the grave, you know what I mean? And uh, I think I think that that's the one. I'm going to get you, if you don't mind, uh, I want you to explain again when you were saying about when you track, when you're, you're, you're looking at past, future, oh, past right. present and future events. Uh, um, just because some of the guys they, they loved it and they were they were like I want to hear more of this and it wasn't that they didn't understand but that I think you know if the next Harry Potter book comes out I think you might be getting the spoken word gig on that <laughs> I think they liked your voice weren't they a bunch of jerks a bunch of wizards living around just letting us have you know well nuclear arms and well, <laughs> they just waved a wand we don't have it but uh, yeah but they could, we, oh, I'm not even going to go down that route because <laughs> a lot of people go to places on Sundays and they believe in wizards and stuff like that and you know, hey. and the only the only guy the only the only sort of deity that even tried nuclear disarmament was Superman that time. You remember? That's that? right. And you that see was, the shit he got that into. That was, I mean, that was so unpopular that they put that in the worst movie. Of they they did indeed. You know, who are you, you damn immigrant, coming all the way from Krypton, getting That's involved, true. getting involved in our business, getting involved in the world's business? I'll tell you what, I would love to see a reboot of. Uh, the next time they reboot Superman, still keep all that he landed in Kansas and all that other stuff. Just have him be any ethnicity other than white. Yeah, I think that would be really interesting. I think you'd have, I mean, and still the same character, same all that stuff. I just think it would be a really yeah, interesting but they, yeah, but the comic book did that. They did that. Uh, Shaquille O'Neal made an awful movie called Steel, oh, yeah. right? But that was but but that was a guy doing sort of a stand-in for Superman. Yeah, but then it was based on a thing. Um, we're going to be real geeks here now. John Henry Irons, who was yeah. who was supposed to have been a slave, who became a free man, and and he was an iron worker, and that's why he became the Man of Steel. Right. And that actually, when they went down that route, that was yeah, because DC Comics were great at doing well, Marvel as well, where they did the what ifs, where you get a character, yeah. and then they oh, just yeah, they they spin it on its head, yeah. you know, like. Some of them were really good. I don't know, is the world ready for a black Superman? Or a Mexican Superman? I don't know. I mean, I just I just think it would... The things that I do find interesting about Superman, which are actually very few, I don't, I've never really thought that character was all that interesting. I'm like, yeah, it's great to be perfect when you're perfect. You know, like, you know, what's the challenge there? You know, oh, I get to be the morally upstanding person. That's fine when no one can touch you. <laughs> right? Yeah. But, but it's different to be morally and ethically uh, steadfast and have opposition and have that, that can that can do something I mean it, it, it's one we teach a lot of ethics mm. uh, or we teach a lot of morals these days and be like oh the world is immoral no the world is more moral than it's ever been we're not terribly ethical we don't fall through on the morals terribly well but we all are very I mean, every, everyone's happy to tell you how you're supposed to be yes 
um, without giving you any of the tools to back that up, Yeah, which I think is immoral. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, it's one of the things I love about martial art. Uh, the, the Rick talks about um, you know how it, it, it makes better people and things like that. And, and Andy Wilson was talking about uh, you know, you've got the there's sort of these two f- columns of physical or or you can point at and see attributes, and then yes. there's this third column that, that that people would call spiritual or or character or something. And these are all the ineffables. These are all the the things that you can point at the expression of it, but there's no, you know, what is virtuous? You, know, yeah. you, know, you have to see, like, well, it, it, it's like art, I know it when I see it kind of thing. Uh, martial art, I think, part of the reason why it develops that spirit side, that character side, that whatever you want to call that side, uh, or aspects, is because people have the physical ability to defend those very things, to protect that, that you know, it lets someone go, I know it's wrong to cut in line, Yeah. And then move from that place to, and hey, you're not new. Get in the back of the line, buddy. Yes. And without any fear or any, you know, uh, or any unreasonable um, doubt. Doubt. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. Yeah. You know? uh, I've I've said this so many times. Yeah. You know, uh, especially when I'm teaching children, they yeah you know, you'll get parents say I want them to teach them to defend themselves. Yada yada yada. And I explain how you know. How many assaults are done by family members? So, and you know, you better you you got to be careful who you're inviting around for Christmas dinner. That's what, which never goes down well. And then it's like, well, what will you teach my child that your child's worth something? Oh, but my child does know that because I tell my child every day. You might tell your child every day, but do you act upon that? Do you prove that? You know. Well, and do they prove it to themselves? Well, that's the one. We have a, and and it's easy to harp on it, but we have a, a. a culture these days that tends to teach or tends to reinforce um, external validation. Uh, and so we become very reliant on external validation for our uh, mattering in life, to feed that, that need to matter. Um, and that's all well and good, but then you're going to start feeding it, you know, especially when you get reliant on the external. You're going to feed it however you can. And if it's good attention, great. And if it's bad attention, that'll do just as well. Um, and then it's Munchausen's by proxy time, yeah? And so, you know, we would probably benefit from that, from more reinforcement, from more training, from more practice, from more reps of self-generating uh, I matter. Yeah, belief from within is the way forward. Uh, yeah, it, it, even that I've, you know, I've been accused of oversimplifying stuff, especially when, yeah, especially when it comes to, you know, helping, you know, victims of domestic abuse. Uh, and the first time I ever went went to do any work with that group, they were like, "Well, do you know any techniques that they can do and punch it?" And I was like, "I've got a sneaky feeling that these girls have had enough violence and they've had a bit of a workout. How about we just get them to work out, get the heart rate going? They start believing in themselves. Once you realise you have worth." then you can defend that worth or at the very least you can protect that worth would probably be a better way of doing it that was uh, I have relatively limited experience with with teaching women's self-protection or or self-defense or whatever the terminology people like to use Um, but one experience really carried it with me all the time constantly as a a major influence and teacher Um, 
this tiny gal, maybe a hundred pounds. You know, at, the, at the beginning, I make sure that I have a questionnaire and things like that, and I'm like, don't you don't have to divulge anything you don't want to divulge, but it yes. does help me if I have certain information, and you know things like have you been assaulted, what would, you know, and what kind of assault, um, and she'd been raped I think three times. Wow. And so we're going through, and and uh, we get to a point where I'm talking about like, so these are gnarly things I'm showing you, and by the way, this the caveat is it was three days of awareness training and paying attention and learning to yeah. spot trouble well beforehand and this was basically the okay everything's gone wrong and now you have to do this no worries um, and so I'm putting out the cognitive like this is you know this isn't some guy pinched your butt in the bar so you shove your thumb through his eye socket and make the circle you know like this is this is gnarly stuff so you got to start thinking this stuff ahead of time and knowing what's what's your trigger what's mm. the line that crosses and she said to the group, I'd rather get raped again than do this to another human being. Wow. And she got flack. There were women trying to tell her that she was wrong for thinking that way. And I had to butt in and I was like, um, can I go ahead and share? And she was like, sure. I was like, she's been raped. She apparently knows what the fuck she's talking about. Yeah. That's her decision. What are we, you know, what are we supposed to do with that? Um, that did, of course, so that was... Listeners take that for what it's worth. Yeah. Um, but that did also lead to a conversation with her where I was, where we talked about the context in her life that that allowed that to happen. And she basically is the kind of person that um, she so valued everybody and is so such a person of service that she was constantly putting herself in positions where she she could be uh, uh, victimized. And it took some talking to her of like, do you see how you matter enough for that to not happen? You see how that you matter enough to these other people? Because what if it's not just a rape? What if a term, What if it's a rape and then a murder? You know, what if you get killed? Then you're not around to help these people, these people that you care about that need your help. Um, and so it was sort of through that she, that she was able to start to to generate uh, some. She mattered enough to take care of her too. You know, that's sort yeah. of the first rule of lifeguarding: don't endanger yourself to save a life. Yeah. Um, anyway, that just that. From, you were, what you were saying reminded me of that, and I was like, that... that no, no, yeah. no it's, it is truth, the amount of people... Uh, it's very funny how, as you get older, you start understanding the way you used to identify yourself. And I know that's a, that is like probably the most cheesiest line. The costume you used to put on. Huh? The costume that's, that's the phrase we use these days. Is it? Yeah. Like, oh, we all, you know, we all put on our costumes, and, and you know, there's costumes we used to wear, but we don't really think much of anymore, but... The reason I use that is because I think it's really useful. You can wake up one day and be like, I think I want to wear this costume instead. So what costume do you want to wear for the rest of your life? I don't. I don't want to do anything for the rest of my life. I mean, I just want to keep... I guess I want to wear the costume that, that, uh, that can always change. Yeah. You know, the costume the one that, that, one that fits the thing. best on that day. Exactly. The one that fits the circumstances, the one that fits the, the, the baseline. Um, you know, that comes back to... You were asking about the tracking. We call it yeah. track. Yeah. Uh, a big part of that is really noticing what the terminology is baseline. Yeah. Figuring out what's baseline. So anything that isn't the baseline is going to show up. Mm. Right? So if, if uh, it's hard to do without a visual aid, but if you if you think of, if I'm talking at this tone and this is sort of the thing and there's some things that go up a little bit and down a little bit and that's kind of normal and that's how it's going. And then, and then yeah. that's the thing that sticks out, right? Yeah. Um, and it, that's the, the core starting point for tracking to notice anything. But you don't, so in other words, people go, oh, I want to go tracking. So do you go looking for tracks? No, I go looking for not tracks. And then the tracks show up. Right. Because I'm looking for what isn't disturbance, what is sort of the general baseline, and then all of a sudden you can't help but 
but notice everything but that. It's kind of like, you know, uh, but and, it, and that's a vehicle into to, to meditation, to all kinds of other stuff. It's like, you know, don't think of a purple elephant, don't think of a purple elephant. Oh. Right, boom, you know, there you are. Purple elephant. Um, it's, it's, just, it's just how the brain works, it's just, it's just how that is. The really cool thing about that is, I guess if I was gonna wear a, a, a costume for the rest of my life, it'd be one that could always find a way to fit a baseline. Whatever the baseline is, whatever, yeah. whatever, the, whatever the variable changes are, it can adapt um, and fit right in, uh, not for the purpose of fitting in, but just because, because that would mean it's not attached to the form. It's, 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 it's about the principle and the concept that drives it. Which... Man, as always, whenever I talk to you, I feel, I, I feel slightly less smarter. Not, not because I haven't learned anything, it's because I'm like, shit, this guy's still as intelligent as ever. It's killing me. Uh, Chris, as always, been wonderful talking to you. Shit, we have covered some stuff today. <laughs> it's been a pleasure. I absolutely, I, of course, I always love any chance to just blab on and on. It's not, a, <laughs> not a problem I have there. But uh, if there's if if there's anything I've said that sounds at all uh, thoughtful or intelligent or anything, a uh, they're not my thoughts. I took them from somebody else. And uh, b I have a lot of free time, really. So. <laughs> <laughs> Right, so one more last plug, right? So shameless plug for Christopher Harley, uh, Fractal Martial Art Seminar, Martial Art Learning. That was play. Yeah, it's play. You are the man. Thanks a lot. Thanks for your time, man. That was awesome. Thanks for taking the time to listen today. You can listen to more shows like this on MixedMartialArts.com. Mixed Martial Arts is an abrupt audio production. Today's show was produced by Luke Berry. Thanks for listening, guys. I hope you really enjoyed today's show. Today's show was sponsored by the BJJShop.co.uk. These guys have got everything, including all those really hard-to-find items that you just can't find anymore. And they've got an awesome line in the hard life gear. Check it out. Those geese are like tanks, man. They are bulletproof. All right. Peace out, guys.